This is M.I.P. With Masamela Mafuma. Mark Thompson. Get woke. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Ladies and gentlemen, my guest today, and happy to have her, she is professor of African-American studies and of world arts and cultures and dance at UCLA. Her previous books, we're going to talk about her latest books today, but just want to mention her previous works include, I Heard It Through the Grapevine and Whispers on the Color Line. She's also the director of the Arthur Ashe Legacy Project at UCLA. She was just sharing with me how she's in New York. Uh, we all have heard it's really good. I remember when it was just the U.S. Open, but when they renamed the stadium uh, after Arthur Ashe, it's so meaningful to hear his name mentioned every minute of a match. Uh, and he is so worthy of that for all uh, that he did. And we'll hear a little bit about that, but primarily, folks, we're here to talk about her latest book, Trash Talk, Anti-Obama Lore and Race in the 21st Century. Dr. Patricia A. Turner joins us on Make It Plain. Dr. Turner, good to see you. It's good to see you as well. It is a pleasure to have you. Well, congratulations on the new book. Uh, it seems what you've done, I mean, we all kind of saw what happened to President Obama. We witnessed it. Um, but I think what you've done is help us to really get a grasp of it and not see it as just something um, in, in one moment of space and time. But there's some, some pattern in history to this, isn't it? Absolutely. I have been tracking rumors, legends, and conspiracy theories with racial undertones for, I had already been doing it for 15 years in 2004 when President Obama really came on the scene and he and Michelle and their family really began to hit the news cycle. So I was very aware of the kind of backlash that prominent African-Americans could experience when they were perceived by some to be um, not staying in their place, um, um, trying to access the corridors of power. And so I knew then that um, in spite of all of this talk about a post-racial America, there were going to be segments of the population that were going to find his progress absolutely offensive. And I, and I started tracking it all then. And... Some of the things that were said about him, Dr. Turner, and some of even the caricatures and stereotypes on display, um, you, you're a professor. You, you teach, obviously, uh, history to some degree or, or to a large part. You can't have African-American studies without it. I'm sure you saw and have been able to show your students parallels. Absolutely. Um, that have happened over time. Right. So one of them, you know, if you, if you go back to 
the middle of the 19th century, when we begin to get the first images of African-American women, for example, uh, enslaved women, they were often depicted as um, um, oversized. They were depicted as uh, particularly African in features to a distorted proportion um, connected with apes. And we can track all of that from the middle of the 19th century through the introduction of film, television, popular culture, um, and all the way up to one of the more disturbing accounts, according to some of my readers in the book, is a reflection at the end of the Obama's second administration when um, two uh, elected officials posted on Facebook how happy they were that Michelle Obama would be moving out of the White House because they were so tired of seeing an ape in heels representing our country. So I can talk to my student about that association of African-Americans with primates as not something that was originated with Michelle Obama, but something that connects her to all of the Black women in this country who've come before her. Reverend Barber, Reverend William Barber and I often preach from the same text about the number of reconstructions in America. Um, did we not see um, during um, the first reconstruction and the, the large number of Black elected officials elected both at the federal and state level after enslavement, didn't we not ultimately see them attack the same way? Obviously, this was before social media and television. Absolutely. Yes. It's the same thing, isn't it? It's the same thing. That population during Reconstruction was depicted in um, often in garish clothing where um, checks on the top and stripes on the bottom and oversized ties and this kind of thing. There's a whole um, there's a whole set of anti-Obama lore that depicts Michelle and Barack in what you and I might call um, pimp gear. Um, with Barack with oversized hats and you know we we may know men that wear eleven yellow suits, but Barack Obama is not one of them. <laughs> um, and similarly, similarly with Michelle, and so that need to um, contain the range of ways in which African Americans and blacks can look um, is a very old one. And you're you you're absolutely right to track it back to these these multiple reconstructions. Now, um, that's the, I mean, that's the visual presentation, but then we also heard all of the outright and blatant lies and mistruths and misinformation that took place during the Obama years, didn't we? Absolutely. And, um, Barack was attacked verbally on every aspect of what we would consider a person's identity. Like what are the components of our identity? There are um, our nationhood, where we're from, right? So he um, is an American, but he was attacked and accused of being, in some versions, Kenyan, in other versions, Indonesian. Um, our sexual orientation, um, that's another component of our identity. He is heterosexual. He was attacked as being gay. There's a whole cycle of beliefs I talk about that have this title of bathhouse Barry. Um, religion, I'm sure very important to you. What is your faith? Um, and what are the dimensions of your faith? And Barack Obama uh, is a Christian, but 
clearly the very first beliefs I started to track about him were that he was a Muslim. Um, our, our politics, our political party and the way we see the world. Barack Obama, Democrat, a capitalist. Uh, and uh, um, he is attacked for being a socialist and a globalist in the lore. So, 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 so what else is there in our identities but those sort of characteristics? And there is um, volumes on each of those uh, on each of those attributes with Barack Obama. And, you know, it's interesting how you write. I mean, they ran the whole gamut. W one minute he's attacked because of his Christian pastor. And the next minute he's Muslim. I'm like, well, it can't be both now, which <laughs> is he Muslim? And then the other thing I recall, which was somewhat humorous and not really an insult, uh, that he was secretly Malcolm X's son. Yeah. Uh, you know, that didn't make him an American, too. Like, because right, right. Malcolm, Malcolm X himself was born in the United States. But um, but yeah, there's there's a, there, there are a lot of oppositions. Uh, one of the things that um, I had to grapple with even after uh, his presidency ended was there was this whole cycle of beliefs that he and the family and if you if you go on social media now if you go on to to twitter or reddit or various forums like that you'll see a lot of references to him controlling a, a during the trump administration controlling a deep state and that he and michelle and the girls chose to remain in washington dc not because the girls wanted to finish high school but because he had placed in key administrative, uh, 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 federal government offices and position of, of leaderships, moles who would control the agenda and make sure that none of Trump's policies could get implemented. And Trump and his minions um, pointed to the deep state, particularly when they were not successful at uprooting the Affordable Care Act. And they said, this is all Obama's fault. He's manipulating people in offices and so forth, which if he could do that would make him kind of brilliant, right? But at the same time that we've got these beliefs, I'm also uncovering information that's widespread saying that when the, the um, private quarters of the White House were cleaned after the Obamas moved out, hash pipes and all kinds of drug paraphernalia were found in the Obama's master bedroom. So how can you be a sort of, you know, hashish <laughs> smoking, you know, junkie and simultaneously come up with some brilliant plot for running the world. As, as you said, you can't be both, <laughs> but, but both coexist. You know, now that you mention it, I'm actually, cause they were so big into the deep state thing. Yeah. I'm surprised at this very moment as news comes out about Trump minute by minute, they haven't tried to reinvoke Obama as having some hidden hand. I'm a little surprised that hasn't happened yet. It may. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, and, and I think that what I'm seeing right now, um, and when I say right now, I sort of mean today, this week, um, is a lot of attention to um, this being Obama's. And we heard this during Trump, too, but his third administration, that actually Joe Biden is a puppet, um, a surrogate for Obama. Obama, and in many versions, um, um, George Soros is connected as well, the, the financier. 
they are manipulating in behalf of a globalist agenda uh, the the Biden administration. And this is really Obama's third administration. And one of the versions I just read last night, the um, that it, it is it is said that the Bidens are still living in Delaware, and that Obama <laughs> is is um, is um, is really in control. And the reason this is surfacing this week, I think it, it's been there for a while. But the Obamas are, and I have to always explain what's real and what isn't real. They really are um, returning to the White House this week for the unveiling of their official White House portraits, which. Trump refused to do um, during his administration. Normally, when the official White House portraits are complete, and those are different than the portrait portraits that the National Portrait Gallery does. When the official ones that are going to be done in the White House are finished, the current first family invites the former first family back. They have lunch. You know, it's it's it, no matter what the party affiliation, it happens. It's supposed to be above and beyond the wrangling between Democrats and Republicans. And Trump did not want anyone to have a picture of him with a picture of Barack Obama. Like, you know, the, the extremist in his base would have gone apoplectic at that. So he refused to have that ceremony and the Bidens are doing it now. So it's really interesting for me to track what's happening in social media around the, the, the return of the Obamas to the White House. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. And as far as social media is concerned, um, this makes all of this uh, far too ubiquitous and therefore more dangerous, doesn't it? I mean, we really are, you know, Biden gave that speech at Independence Hall. And I'll be very honest with you. I mean, I, I don't know that Biden has been as strong and as forthright on many things, but he called it what it was. I mean, this something is happening to this country and the culture. So what used to be a lot of this trash talk behavior may have been fringy. I mean, it, it just continues to, to become more widespread with the help of social media, doesn't it? Absolutely. And it's part of the perfect storm that the Obamas faced because we get the first African-American president at the same time that we get the rise of this new mode of communication. Um, the timing of that is a way in which it could not have been worse. I have to remind my students who were often very, you know, in, in 2004, um, when Obama came on the scene in 2008, when he, he's elected president, that in those days, people with Facebook accounts were very much the exception and not the rule. Uh, people did not routinely tweet. People did not routinely, these, the, the, these were just nascent enterprises at the beginning of his political career. And they grew as he grew. And so it was easy for those opposed to him to access them and use them as in their efforts to, um, to dilute enthusiasm about him. 
and it's it's the level of misinformation and racist attack on social media is, is just through the roof. Um, you also in the book deal with other African-American politicians, how this has impacted them. We know what happened with Kamala Harris. When she first ran, she was over-sexualized, uh, at least among other things. But what I've also noticed is that the misinformation has a way of of, of targeting and trying to co-opt other African-Americans, particularly black men, some of whom now have decided uh, Stacey Abrams is not acceptable. Uh, you know, but, but it just seems that, and I've often warned people about this, that these are not natural organic sentiments. They, they are cold on social media and people don't, without even realizing it, they get caught up in it. And a lot of these accounts are fake. A lot of the people who are pushing this out. I mean, have, have you found that to be true as well? Absolutely. And it's so, it's so unfortunate. I mean, one of the things that I, I, I try to talk about is the ways in which all of us have to be educated around appropriate fact checking. Like I almost, you know, I think fact checking should be taught, you know, various degrees of sophistication from second grade on, right? Because there are ways in which children are told that a particular toy is the next great thing and teaching them how to, how, how to become good consumers, teaching us all how to be good consumers, both of the products that are peddled to us. But these beliefs are products as well. As well. Um, and I think we need to see that, that there are people who figured out how to turn the birther beliefs, for example, to support themselves. To, to it's, It becomes a mode of livelihood for them to make sure that, that the belief that Barack Obama was not born in the United States is perpetuated. They would establish websites with donation buttons on them and say, help me do the research, help me go to Hawaii where I can prove once and for all the truth about this with no reporting back because they couldn't have on this report. Um, the um, um, advertising on these websites then go to supporting them. The folks who really push QAnon from the, the fringes of the fringe to the more mainstream did that for business, not political purposes. They did that so that they could support themselves financially off of QAnon, not because they believe Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama really are pedophiles um, having sex parties in the basements of pizza parlors. That's the thing that's really amazing about it is that um, people don't even realize the extent um, to which they are this, they become consumerized in this misinformation. Right. That, that it, there's, there's, you know, I've said to people, the things you're seeing are not, you're seeing them for a reason. Right. They're in the algorithm for a reason. And, and it's not just random. It's mm -hmm. not organic. Um, so no, that's very important. So lastly, Dr. Turner, what, what do we do? How do we, if, if there is any way or, or it, to turn this around, or we have, have we now crossed the line into a culture and a reality of humanity where this is just how it's going to be from now on? 
Yeah, I find it hard to accept that. And I think you do too, or you wouldn't have this program. Because I think that that's part, that, that, that constant push on education has to be a part of it. And sometimes it's not educating people that their beliefs are bad that's going to be successful. It's, it's educating them that people are exploiting their beliefs and people are giving them evidence. They're cherry picking evidence in order to separate them from their dollars, from their money. Um, and sometimes that can be more, more convincing. Um, I think at the beginning of the belief cycles, if I'd ever had the opportunity to, to talk to the Obamas about this, I would have encouraged them to do a little bit more um, uh, demonstrations of contrary evidence at the beginning of the news cycles. You know, Barack Obama goes from being being said that he won't sing the national anthem and therefore he's not patriotic to he sent American soldiers to Africa so they would get Ebola and bring it back to the United States and kill Americans. Um, and so I, I, I think that 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 too, we have to the, 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 the victims, if you will, of this um, need to develop the strategies that will at the, you know, neutralize this to some extent. When you have these types of discussions in the classroom, how do they usually go? How, how do young people, this younger generation, how do they receive this information? They're, they're often surprised and appalled. And the fact that they're surprised and appalled tells me that they're living in news silos, that they're not really accessing, you know, they're, they themselves are going to sites and to sources of information that reinforce what they already believe. And as painful as it is, you have to access the other side as well. You know, you need to, if, if, if I'm the first one telling you that um, Barack Obama was bashed, then you've been, a, you've been really, really in too narrow a zone. And I think all of us need to um, 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 engage and, 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 and understand the thinking that the other, if we, if we do a dichotomy and we call it the other side, we all have to understand how the other side gets to the conclusions they reach. The, the younger, I'm sure the undergrads even get UCLA, I'm learning that this generation, this very much younger generation, its primary source is TikTok. Yeah. And I'm wondering, because of the, the advent of TikTok, when it came about, I wonder, and you may know, whether some of the, the anti-Obama trash talk um, is or was as prevalent on TikTok or not. It might have, I'm wondering if it might have missed, just missed TikTok. It's, it it it's gotcha. missed, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's probably why I saw it. You can, but, but, but not in the volumes that um, we see elsewhere. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, yeah, I agree. I, I think that's probably the case. I, 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 know, I know it's the case, and you're absolutely right. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill trash talk, anti-Obama lore, and race in the 21st century. We have seen this before. Dr. Patricia A. Turner 
helps us to draw those parallels. Um, but let me one question. I thought about something. You're reminding us of this history. Do those who push this, um, those who are the perpetrators of it, do they know that history? Do they go back and look at some of that history, you think, and apply the same playbook? Are they that sophisticated? Um, I don't think they are. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, you wonder about that. Yeah. But it would just appear yeah. our enemies do things the same way they've always done. And that's what trash talk points out to us. Points out to us. Folks available everywhere. Trash talk, anti-Obama lore and race in the 21st century. An honor to speak with Dr. Patricia A. Turner of UCLA and the Arthur Ashe Legacy Project. Thank you, Dr. Turner, for joining us. Thank you so much for inviting me. Thanks for getting woke and listening to Make It Plain. As always, perform an act of kindness on behalf of an elder or young person. Write a letter to a sister brother who just so happens to find her or himself incarcerated. Offer libations to the ancestors upon whose sturdy shoulders we all now stand. And above all, give thanks to the God of your understanding by whatever name you call her and him. All God asks of us is that we give each other love. Thanks for giving MIP love. And please remember to subscribe and give us a five-star rating. If all hearts and minds are clear, it has been made plain.